today. We're going back to the Old Testament. You know, in our life, we have obstacles that we face. Obstacles in our faith. Obstacles that will limit in our life how close we come to Christ. And here's what I mean by that. There are some things in our life, some hurts, some stuff that goes on within us that has happened to us that will be the lid as to how high we will go until we deal with that particular thing so that we can know God better and we can get over and through that. And that's not easy. Today we're going to be talking about guilt. I was reading an article recently that said one of the number one reasons why men do not come to church is because they already feel guilty about the life that they live. And so what better place for someone to come than to church when they feel guilty? I'm here today to tell you, I'm not here to, to, to make you feel guilty or to beat down on you because you already know where you are, amen? amen. I don't need to do that. I'm here today to deliver you some hope about those feelings that God can bring to you. There's a man one time, the story is told, that this man, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, he decided to play a practical joke on, on, on several of his friends. So what he did was he sent a telegram to several of his friends, and this was just a joke. It, it read this, Flee at once, all is discovered. <laughs> all 12 of his friends that he sent that to left town. <laughs> All 12 of them ran away. And it's an illustration to say there's some things that many of us have hidden in closets. And they had things that they didn't want people to find out. And if they knew about this, oh my goodness. So if it's been found out, I need to leave town. But you know, it can be a great tragedy. How do we deal with guilt? I mean, there are some things that we should remember and some things we should remember that, that we forget and some things that we forget that we should remember. And how do we deal with these issues, especially when it comes to unresolved guilt? Well, today we're going to dive into a story that's found in Genesis. Many of you may be familiar with a gentleman by the name of Joseph that's found in the book of Genesis. Joseph was a young man at the age of 17. He really for all practical purposes, I would say was abused by his brothers because they threw him in a pit. One of them said, let's just leave him there. Another one said, let's just kill him. Another one said, well, let's make some money off this deal and sell him as a slave. And so they sold him as a slave and he found himself in a situation where, where things would get worse and worse for him. He was daddy's favorite at one point. And he's, his life seemed to go south. But as we find in this story, God has worked in his life and he's gone from being in a pit to being in a prison. He has come to be second in command in Egypt and there's been a great famine. And Joseph interpreted the dreams for Pharaoh and, and Pharaoh said, well, I'm going to put you in second in command to help us through this famine that is coming. So Joseph had had a very hard life. He had some people do him wrong, people that just absolutely treated him terrible and yet he went on and he became the second in command in Egypt. How do you deal with those issues in your life when someone has just done something? It wasn't your fault. You didn't make them, but they did it anyway. Or maybe you are the perpetrator and you don't want no one to know. Well, we need to look at this because it can be an obstacle in our life of growing to be like Christ. 
Genesis chapter 42, we find that in Genesis 42, uh, Jacob, who is Joseph's father and also the father of the rest of his siblings, he actually compels his, his sons who are still living there in Canaan to go and get some food in Egypt. And he tells them in the very first part of the chapter, go down there and get us some grain so we may eat. And they get down there and what, what they discover is that there's a lot of people getting food. Because Egypt's the only place that has some food. So they get there and here's what is remarkable. Joseph recognizes his brothers. Now, how long has it been? He was 17 years old when he was thrown into the pit with, by his brothers. They have not seen one another, and Joseph is now about 37, 38, 39, maybe even 40 years old. Now, he looks like an Egyptian. He talks like an Egyptian. He dresses like an Egyptian. He acts like an Egyptian. He has ingrained himself in the culture, and he's become a ruler, and he's at a place where to look at him, you think he's Egyptian. So the brothers did not recognize who he was. But here is Joseph, he's over the entire land, and they come asking for some food. Now, if they had recognized him, what in the world would they have done? Would they have run the other way? Joseph, he had every right. He, he very well could have said, just take these men and go throw them in prison. But he did not. It's very interesting what happens because as we look at this guilt and this shame, there's some, sometimes guilt can drive us to the cross. It can drive us to a place of reconciliation and forgiveness. But sometimes there's this guilt that holds on and this shame that will absolutely drag us down. And we need to look at this unresolved guilt and figure out some truths about it so we can see in the light of God what we need to do about it. The very first thing about unresolved guilt is this. It will distort the truth of God's work in the present. Unresolved guilt will distort the truth of God's work in the present. As we look at this story of Joseph and as we see what is going on, uh, they get there and they are given some grain. And there's a conversation that goes on, and, and Joseph says, you guys are just here, you're spies. You're, going, you're just spying out the land. And they said, no, we're not. We, honest, we are not. We're not here as spies. They say, well, we left our young, young, youngest brother at home, but our other one is dead, which was actually Joseph that they were talking about. But they received some grain, and they are on their way back home, and they open up their sack where the grain's at, and they find their money in it. And oh my goodness, there is this moment of reality in verse 28. Then he said to his brothers, My money has been returned, and behold, it is even in my sack. Now, I don't know about you, but if I went to Walmart and I bought me like a 52-inch screen TV, and I looked at my bank account and all the money was put back on my bank account, the first words out of my mouth would be, Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah, I got my money back. But in their mind, they are still dealing with what happened when Joseph was 17. Almost 20, over 20 years ago. They're still dealing with this. And if you don't believe me, you can look and, and see in this, this story how they actually bring up their brother. When they're talking to Joseph, they bring up this idea of this is this rough treatment, this difficulty that's happening. It is God 
bringing revenge on us because of what we did over 20 years ago. So it's still in them and they're still dealing with it. It's still harping on their brain. But here they are in verse 28. Your, my money's been put back and their hearts sank. Do you see that in, in that verse right there? And their hearts sank. Mine would rejoice. Hearts sank or, they, or it trembled. They were afraid. They were scared. They were worried. The mind immediately jumps to the worst all the time, doesn't it? And whenever you're dealing with unresolved guilt in your life, when something has happened either to you or you've done something to someone else, everything is filtered through that mess. But here's the thing that I want you to hold on to. That God is at work regardless of your perspective. Regardless of how you see what's going on, God is still doing a work of some sort. And it's a powerful work. We can look over in chapter 43, verse 23, just for a second, if you will. Just flip to the right. Here you have where they have returned back and they're trying to say, Hey, look, we didn't take the money. It was just in our sacks. We're, we're sorry about this. this was, we didn't steal it. We promise. And the servant of Joseph says to them, be at ease and do not be afraid. Now remember, they've been scared the whole time. They find it, they go all the way back home and they're scared to death. And they come all the way back to Egypt and they're scared because they are seeing what happened with the provision of God giving them back their money as being something bad. And here the servant of Joseph in Egypt says to them, Be at ease, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. See, God was doing something good in their life and they couldn't even see it and it took someone outside of their faith to actually even point it out. That's what happens sometimes when we have unresolved guilt or unforgiveness dwelling within us. We see things in a different perspective. Even when God's work is happening. The second thing that we can see is it will cause us to ask the wrong questions. Going back to verse 28 in, in chapter 42. My money has been returned, and behold, it is even in my sack. And their hearts sank. And they turned, trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? What is this that God has done to us? They're asking the wrong question there. They're asking, what is this that God's trying to do to us to, to beat us down? Now, some may argue to say, well, that question is just a question. What is God doing? No, when you look at the, the conditions of their hearts and how they were trembling and scared, they're going, God, why are you beating us up? You're bringing down wrath. This is terrible. This is bad. What is God doing to us? And when we have unresolved guilt and unforgiveness in our heart, we will ask the wrong questions sometimes. And we must be careful. Their perspective was skewed because of something that happened over 20 years ago. It felt good and satisfying that day to throw their brother in the pit. Finally, the loudmouthed little punk would be quiet. We don't have to hear about his dreams no more and see daddy treat him so well. We're going to be better. We're going to feel okay. But in the long run, what it brought was despair. Despair on them that lasted over 20 years in their life. They're still dealing with that guilt down inside. 
Something inside of them died that day. They threw Joseph in the pit. There was a block. There was a, there was a moment of absolute disarray that happened in their soul. Let me ask you, has there been something in your life at some point, something that took place, something someone said, something in the way that someone treated you, maybe, maybe it was your father or your mother. It could have been your siblings. It could have been your brother or your sister. Something that happened that created such a tear and rip that even today you have to deal with it. What are we to do? Can I tell you and give you some good news? You can't have freedom from that. There is freedom. We have sung songs that Jesus, He breaks all the chains. He is victorious. He is the great and almighty. And He can forgive all things. But yet when it comes to our own life personally, we struggle with that freedom. We struggle to understand and grab hold of that freedom and move forward. The Bible has different definitions of remembering and forgetting. See, in the Bible, these don't refer to retention of information. It's Remembering has to do with choosing to act. And forgetting means refusing to act. Remembering has to do with choosing to act. And forgetting has to do with refusing to act. The Word of God says that God has cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. It is that essence that when God remembers no more, it means that He will no longer act because of those sins. That God doesn't forget. He's God. He doesn't like wipe out the information and He can't remember it. It's that He chooses to act no longer on those sins because of God's grace and mercy in our life. That's what forgetting is. So when it comes to forgetting biblically, it doesn't mean that you have to wipe it completely out of your mind. Let's get that real clear. Because we as humans, we can't just simply erase something that happened. Now, sometimes our subconscious will actually erase things that happen in our life. It'll erase, erase entire moments and sections of our life. But when we come to a place where we understand that there is something holding me back in my relationship with God. And it has to do with something that I have not dealt with when it comes to forgiveness and I feel guilty. Then where do we go? I say we go to the Word of God. What better place to go than to Scripture? Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2. Now to me, Scripture is the place to go anytime that you have a question like this. According to what Christ has done, this is what Paul wrote, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life is Christ Jesus. He has set you free from the law of sin and death. There is now no condemnation. So if there's no condemnation, we should not even condemn ourselves. So here's the principle of freedom I want you to get today. The principle of freedom that is so key and, and critical to dealing with unresolved guilt and unforgiveness in your life. That is that forgiveness and not forgetfulness will bring freedom. See, freedom isn't based on whether you remember what happened or not. It's based on whether you forgive. Now, you may have to forgive somebody for something terrible they did. And can I also interject here that if you forgive someone for something they did, it doesn't make what they did right. 
Can I give you the freedom to, to accept that? When someone does something and it's wrong and it's evil and it's terrible, just because you forgive them does not mean that you're making what they did right and okay. It is still wrong. It is still evil. It is still terrible. But when we choose to forgive, we no longer create action toward that person because of that or even maybe toward ourselves. Because here's a touchy subject. What happens when something, someone chooses to do something in our life and we believe it's our fault that they did that? The classic example was, well, if I hadn't made daddy so mad, he would not have beat me so hard. That's evil and that is wrong. It is not your fault that he beat you. But people seem to, it's very easy for us as humans to take upon us the guilt that it's my fault that my mom and dad got a divorce. It's my fault that they acted the way they did. And if only I could have been just a little bit better, if only I could have just accomplished a little bit more, if only I, if only I, can I tell you it's okay to understand it was not your fault. You need to set yourself free from that. These people, they choose to do things in your life. These brothers made a choice at one point to take their brother Joseph and throw him into a pit and wish he was dead. Sell him into slavery. They had to deal with that the rest of their life. But we see Joseph, Joseph living in a state of freedom. It is amazing to me how one man can go through so much and still yet live free. He was free as a slave. He was free as, as a minister in Egypt. He was free. Not because of the change, not because of his position, but because of his, his relationship with God. He understood that what happened to him was out of his hands. And that he took what God gave him and did the best he could with it and moved forward. And he let those things go that he could not control. I mean, if I had been Joseph... There was a cupbearer that for two years completely forgot about Joseph. Joseph just asked him, when you get restored to Pharaoh, just remember me. That cupbearer didn't give him a second thought for two years. If I was Joseph, the first thing I would have done, I'd say, Pharaoh, where's your cupbearer? You're fired. I would have enacted revenge. See, that's what we do when we have unresolved guilt and we're held we're held captive by this world and our flesh. We want revenge. We want people to pay. And sometimes that person that we want to pay is ourself. Sometimes when we're dealing with guilt and we feel like it was our fault that something happened and things have gone on, we think it's okay for us to beat ourselves up. We don't deserve certain things in our life. We don't deserve God's grace. After all, look what we did. But can I tell you that we must understand God's forgiveness of us. That's what we must do first and foremost is understand that when God forgave us, Romans 8.1 said, there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So you have no right to condemn yourself because Jesus said that there's no condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We have been set free from that. 
So when you feel guilty and you feel bad, remember that Christ has set us free. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, He made you alive together with Him, having forgiven us all. Not some, not to a certain level of, but forgiven us all our transgressions. So if you feel guilty about something, if you're dealing with some, something in your life and it seems to be that hurdle is too big for you to forgive yourself, Jesus has already forgiven you. Jesus has forgiven you of whatever it is that you have done. 1 John 1.9 says that He is faithful. He is just to forgive all those who come to Him. So today, as we look at this, we must refrain from heaping upon ourselves the guilt that properly belongs to someone else. We should not take upon ourselves that which happened to us in our childhood as something that we deserved. We must understand that God has offered forgiveness for us and forgiveness for those perpetrators. And we must forgive them before we can grow to know God even more. Pastor, you don't understand what they did to me. They destroyed my life. I get it. I get it. I've talked to plenty of people whose lives have been destroyed because of someone else. Why allow them to continue to destroy your life by holding on to the wrongs that they've done or maybe to the guilt that you feel that in your life you were the reason for it? Let go of the guilt and allow God to wash over you His forgiveness and His blood and move forward in your life. There's also another part. We say that we know God forgives us, but we can't forgive ourselves. That's just a flip side of pride. To say God has a standard for forgiveness, but my standard for forgiving me of something I have done is more than what God could even give. God's forgiveness covered all the sins. That's what it says in Colossians. All our transgressions. As we look at this story of Joseph and his brothers, we see a, a, a stark difference between Joseph, who is living free each and every day of his life, and his brothers, who over 20 years later, without even knowing they're in front of their brother, is talking about the wrath and the difficulty and about that death of their little brother. It's because they were still inside a mess because of something they chose to do. But can I tell you, the past cannot be changed, but Jesus Christ and His blood can wash over us the forgiveness and, and change us and make us brand new and give us life anew. Regardless of what we've done or what others have done to us, we can move forward in knowing that we have freedom in Jesus Christ Ladies and gentlemen, there is freedom in Jesus regardless of what you've done or what guilt you feel or what has happened in your life. There is freedom in Christ. Is it easily attained? No. Sometimes it's very difficult to deal with the things that we must deal with. But can I tell you, Jesus is never there looking at you going, well, you just didn't deal with it, right? You didn't handle it correctly. Jesus is there with His arms open and He's holding you going, just another step. He's loving you. He's caring for you. He's helping you. 
the last thing that we need to do, not only to understand God's forgiveness of us, but this is probably the most difficult one. It is forgiving ourselves. Forgiving ourselves. Dare I say in this room, probably, there's someone here or watching online or listening to this. There is someone dealing with guilt in your life. Dealing with uh, those feelings that I made a mess of this or I caused this or something has happened because of me. And you cannot go any farther because you always go back to that. You're constantly going back and going, look what a mess that I've made out of this or how I've messed this up. Can I tell you something? Christ's freedom is for you. Don't hold on to that which took place in the past any longer. Grab hold of the freedom Christ has for you. Forgive yourself because Christ has forgiven you. What are we to do today? I think we are to really examine ourselves. To see, is this an obstacle in our life spiritually? Is there something that we need to deal with that will help us grow in our relationship with Christ? Because I'm here to tell you, if you have guilt in your life, you have something you've not dealt with in that area, then your spiritual life will only grow to that deepest part where that is. It will never go any farther until you deal with it. So my prayer for you today is that you will deal with whatever unresolved guilt you may have. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story of Joseph and his brothers. Lord, how remarkable it is that he was able to forgive. Not only forgive, but to move forward and do what you had for him to do in every situation, whether good or bad. He was able to lay it to the side and move forward. Lord, help us do the same. Lord, for the one that is dealing with such guilt, that they have made a mess of stuff, God, I pray that they surrender to you. and They begin to walk in your path and accept what your word has said, that you have forgiven them of all their transgressions. If they feel like they caused it, Lord, help them get through that. Because, Lord, they may not have been the reason for it, but it's what they're dealing with. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will work. The answer is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Lord, help us today find freedom in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.